Shoppers John Deere presents live from West Palm Beach for the start of spring baseball. Thanks to Academy Sports and Outdoors, it's Payne and Pendergast on Sports Radio 610. All right, we will uh, get back to some Astros talk in the next segment in headlines. Uh, in the meantime, we uh, continue live from West Palm Beach. Sean Pendergast, Seth Payne. Shoppers John Deere bringing us down here uh, so we can bring spring training to you. Up at uh, in Indianapolis, the Combine, the NFL Combine is going on this week. A reminder, D'Amico Ryans meets with the media today at noon Houston time. So we will carry that live on Sports Radio 610, just like we carried Nick Casario live yesterday. We'll have some more Casario as well as we roll on with the show today. Um, John McClain joins us at the top of the hour at 8 o'clock today. He's in Indianapolis at the Combine, so he was there yesterday for Nick's media session. We'll get... Uh, John's take on everything going on up at the Combine in Indy. D'Amico Ryans is the new Texas head coach. He was in San Francisco for the last six seasons. The last two is the defensive coordinator. John Lynch is the GM in San Francisco. Here's John Lynch yesterday at the Combine on D'Amico Ryans. You know, I I first met D'Amico when he was a player and I was a broadcaster. And uh, you tend to ask for the best players in production meetings and and captains and things like that. D'Amico was always one of those guys. And, and you know, the, the thing you first recognize when you're around D'Amico Ryan is just presence. He's got he's got something about him. When he walks in a room, he kind of commands that room and uh, does it in a very quiet way. Um, you know, maybe when he was playing, that was a little different. The emotion and all that would come. But he's very uh, calm, calculated. He's very smart. He, the, the players love him. Uh, they'll go to all ends to try to make him happy because they know what he's teaching them is going to lead to success. So D'Amico is going to do a fantastic job as well. Um, tough guy to replace. Yeah, and the, um, there was another clip too where he talked about the kind of having the, the temperament to deal with the uh, discord, maybe, or like the, the problems that arise on any NFL football team. I think that D'Amico is um, – D'Amico has a – like as I told you about the time I flipped out on him when he was a rookie, he had like a calming influence over me when I was a ten-year veteran, and um, I think that he has that effect on a lot of people. So that's hold on a second, cornflakes. Um, <laughs> so you're worried about pineapples? I'm about to die from cornflakes right here. Or, uh, you're worried about you're worried okay. about coconuts? Yeah. I'm about. <laughs> um, but I think that. Uh, I think that part of it is in line with what Casario has said a couple times that, you know, Casario had heard all these things about D'Amico and then you meet him in person and you realize, oh, okay, this is the real deal. I think a lot of times, you know, you, you hear positive reports about people and sometimes when it gets filtered through the media, they're, they're, they turn into more gushing reports or appraisals of people than they actually are. So I think with D'Amico, you hear guys like me or others talk about him and it's, I, I think there's a natural skepticism uh, because people say a lot of nice things about a lot of people. Yeah. So with D'Amico, it's hard to explain just that he's just a different dude when it comes to a certain type of charisma and presence about him where you just feel like, okay, he's a natural-born leader. Yeah. You know, and like, so what I would say is to make a difference, if you look at like Jonathan Gannon and some of the awkwardness you've seen out of him out in Arizona, this is a guy that's a very bright defensive mind, and yet... Just like it happens with a lot of offensive coordinators, they don't have the natural charisma or, or leadership skills. 
<laughs> yeah, that's all right. Ben's playing the Jonathan Gannon pew 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 sound. It's uh, <laughs> it's coconut milk that I'm drinking with my cereal. Oh, <laughs> it's, so it's the, the coconut. coconut it's so ironically, the it's coconut got you. It's, it's huh? coming. Up, it's choking me from. Oh. It's coming up and choking oh. me from the inside. You yeah. disrespected the coconuts. Yeah, I didn't that's res- karma. I didn't respect the power of the coconut. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, how about we play a little Mike McDaniel? Well, Mike McDaniel, talk. you want to play some Mike McDaniel yes. talking about D'Amico yeah. Ryans? Here's Mike McDaniel talking about D'Amico Ryans. D'Amico Ryans, um, you know, I'm, I'm just glad that I didn't have to, uh, to interview against him. Okay, this guy uh, is uh, unlike any other coach I've been around where um, you know, I really haven't been around a, a guy that you know, uh, old enough where we drafted and I was there for his uh, year one as a rookie. Um, oh, by the way, he was uh, he, he called the defense and was um, rookie of the year and immediately the best player on our defense. Fast forward to his first year in coaching and he excelled at the same rate um, as a as like a quality control defensive assistant, um, which had a expedited um fast track to position coach and then you know he had the he had the pressure of following robert sell on that elite defense and and you know what i think he at every juncture he's just been first class um high level uh human being that um bottom line is as a head coach your job is to make everyone around you better and i i mean at every walk um that I've been able to view him from age 22 on. That's all he's ever done. So uh, it's very rare that you get um, such a leader of men that is willing and able to be a, a coach after being uh, having an illustrious career as he did. Um, so I, th- I think he, the, the best is yet to come for that, that franchise, and I, I know he couldn't be happier being there. Do you know that uh, Mike McDaniel, you heard him there talk about D'Amico's rookie year. He saw him, it was just 2006. He said that yesterday. <laughs> and, and I'm like, I was, I have zero memory of Mike McDaniel. You were being on the on team. I was a t- yeah. player on that team. Yeah. And he went to Yale. So I'm, I probably had a conversation with him at some point. That was still back when like a lot of the kids that played in the Ivy League totally knew who I was because there weren't that many guys yeah. in the Ivy League in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. I have zero memory of him at all. He said that, and I was like, wait a second. He wasn't there D- D'Amico's rookie year. So um, I gotta, I'm got i going to have to go back and find some photos. He must have looked like such a nerdy little guy. Uh, that, you know, As opposed like, to now? <laughs> no, but imagine him with like 10 oh, years yeah. less aging yeah, on yeah, him. Yeah, no, you're right. 15 you're right. years less aging on him. Yep, yep. So, uh, yeah, I wonder. <laughs> Mike McDaniel. <laughs> I thought he was Gee. just a, a little front office yeah. intern or something. He was something there 2006 like yeah. to 2008. Yeah, yeah, I know. I was just double checking. I thought maybe he didn't remember no, I double correctly. Ch- I checked it after he said it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that the, the way people talk about him is just – it's different than the things they say about other coaches. And that's why what I, what I try to explain to people is, yes, I totally prefer an offensive coach if I have to make a decision between two guys who are equally qualified right. to be head coaches. Tiebreaker. 100%. Right. Give me the offensive coach. Yeah. But the vast majority of NFL coaching hires don't work out uh, to begin with. 
And especially when you're taking guys just because, oh, wow, he's a good offensive coordinator, you end up getting a guy who's not actually a good head coach. Um, and then you don't get the good offensive, you don't get the good offense or a good actual head coach. D'Amico, first and foremost, has all those attributes of a good head coach. Yep. Uh, here is John Lynch. Back to John Lynch. Speaking of the offense, D'Amico's going to coach the defense. He has tasked Bobby Slowick, former passing game coordinator in San Francisco, where John Lynch is the GM currently. Um, he will be the new offensive coordinator for the Texans. Here's John Lynch on Bobby Slowick. Has a philosophy, I think, molded by his dad and a lot of the great coaches in this league where it's, it's good to throw people into a variety of roles. So Bobby Slowick, when he first came, was working with Robert Sala on the defensive side of the ball, and I think picked up a lot of his his core beliefs and understanding of how you attack defenses by studying defenses and helping Sala. And so, um, but Bobby was always one of um, was one of Kyle's trusted voices. Uh, Bobby's extremely poised, extremely smart, and I think ready for the next step. So, um, you know, we lost to Slowick and brought in another Kubiak. And so um, that's always a good thing. I think so highly of their family. And um, But Bobby Bobby will do really, really well, and he's ready for that opportunity uh, for the Texans. Lost to Slowick, brought in a Kubiak. Sounds like he's just like uh, like uh, Eastern Europeans. Yeah. They're all the same. <laughs> It's like yeah. when you call, you accuse me of racism for uh, assuming that you would like the Irish Brigade where we went to eat last hey, night. It turns out I did like it a hey, lot. You did, yeah. 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 I was like, hey, there's an Irish uh, pub, Sean. Right. We there should go two. eat there. There were two right across the street from each other. And when we were walking in, I'm like, guys, let me do the talking, okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These are my people, all right? I'm even impressed if you had like, uh, gone full Gaelic or Gaelic, something. Gaelic, yeah, yeah. yeah. I would have, too. That was, <laughs> but it was good. Yeah, I had, I had beef stew. It looked good. Yeah. Yeah. I had a I had a uh, an old Irish dish called a cheeseburger. Yeah, I was it disappointed was in you. I good. thought you were going to eat like haggis it's or shepherd's something like pie, that. Cabbage is haggis an Irish? Oh, that's a Scottish thing. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Bobby Slowick, we're excited about a lot of people commenting on the coconuts falling out of. That seems to be the topic that's taken yeah. over the trailer wheel and frame text. Page. So for those of you who haven't uh, tuned in yet, we're staying at a house uh, close to West Palm Beach for Astro Spring training. Sean is found that he's petrified of these coconuts falling uh, because they he's... fall randomly out of the trees. Yeah, and he's, uh, he's the, terrified. He didn't realize that they're the heavy and that they fall down. The size of a huge dumbbell. Yeah. He, didn't, he didn't realize a lot of these basic horticultural things. And uh, and now he's he's basically terrified to go in the front 150 yard. people died from falling coconuts last year. Right, mostly because they're drunk directly underneath a coconut tree. Or... or a 50% chance I wind up that, drunk underneath a <laughs> coconut tree. That is actually a really good point. If you're not in your right mind, if you stay away from the base of the coconut tree, you're going to be all right. But right. if you're not in your right mind, that looks like a nice place to fall asleep. It it's yeah. very calming out there. It I would is. imagine, too, uh, if you're in a hammock, I bet most of those deaths are hammock deaths. Because if you're in a hammock, yeah, then yeah. your head's closer to where it could fall, 100%. hit like the rope at the base of the hammock, okay. and then like roll and hit your head. I feel better because there's not a hammock here, so I feel better. That won't happen to me. Um, no offense, Sean. This is 0753 on the trailer wheel and frame text page. No offense, Sean, but if you're dumb enough or unlucky enough to die from a falling coconut, you probably had it coming. Yeah. That holds up in a court of law, too. That's fair. That's yeah. probably, honestly, like if somebody tries to sue you because your coconut killed somebody, the judge probably throws it right out of court. Yeah, because you're dumb. They're so like, what are you? Yeah. 
How now? How did it hit you in the head? I was gawking at the coconut, and it fell and hit me in the forehead. I demand satisfaction. As it was coming down. I had to look up to make sure it was a coconut, and indeed it was. Somebody yelled "heads up," yeah. and I looked up for the coconut. Ah! <laughs> All right, Payne and Pendergast with you. John McClain joins us at the top of the hour. Um, we'll do some headlines in the next segment, but before we do that, it is our daily mock draft injection, getting you ready for the NFL draft by looking at the views of others. Today, it is the godfather of the mock draft, Mel Kuyper's podcast. is uh, or Not podcast, I'm sorry, uh, mock draft. Probably got a podcast, too. Um, mock draft. We will go through that next.